0: Welcome to VMN, Volume 3, Episode 11. The date is January 8th, 2023. VMN is produced and transmitted from unceded Abenaki territory of so-called Vermont. There has been a renaissance of discussion of LGBT history with podcasts like Queer Serial. One figure who we feel is missing from the histories is Aunt Jenny, who helped and took in dozens, if not hundreds, of internet trans kids. Our guest will be Eilish Nien-Lanagan, who is one of Aunt Jenny's kids and two of Jenny's friends, one of whom is your narrator. Welcome, Beth. Hi, how are you? First of all, can, what can you tell me? Who was Aunt Jenny?
1: I mean, I call her my mom, because that's essentially what she was. I got kicked out of the house, and... Um, he, and jenny took me in i guess i i don't even remember yours anymore this would have been early 90s jenny was initially she was on some of the aol chat rooms and she was an older trans woman you know she had transitioned in the early 80s i guess at the time and she had this thing about helping kids you know and, and you know, there's a lot of kind of narrative around trans kids now that that I find funny uh, in a way where everyone's like, "Oh, we've never had trans kids before," and I'm just like, "Motherfuckers!" <laughs> like, I knew trans kids that were transitioning at like 13 in the 90s. <laughs> so stop pretending this is a new thing. Um, and you know, it, it was. That was radical back then in in a way that I don't think a lot of people realize because, you know, they're the tropes that they're pulling out now, you know, like, oh, you know, they're they're grooming children and all this shit. Well, they'd pull them out back then, too. And back then it was more dangerous because, you know, there was a fear that if I talk to this kid who's having problems... I may get a cop at my door. And, you know, that that was, was, Jenny took that risk. And, you know, she helped a lot of folks, like like her mailing list, the Andy Jen mailing list. I was, we we keep having an argument. We kept having an argument up until she died whether I was number six or number seven on the list. I, I, I wasn't quite sure. Like, now she didn't take in that many folks. I think there was a total of, hold on, three. Four, five people she took in over the course of years doing this. And taking in homeless trans kids is kind of a, uh, it's rewarding and a bummer at the same time, (laughs) you know, because you're dealing with, with a population that has been booted out from their home. So, yeah, that little house up in North Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, I still remember that house. Can you talk about what it actually felt like being in there? I mean, this is this tiny shoebox house oh, in, Jesus. In, in North the East Philly. Can you talk I, I, about it a little bit? What the? Can you give a feel of it and maybe about what it was like being in there?
1: Okay. Well, you, you know me, Marina. So so you know I'm not going to like like. There's this weird thing about like the trans kids who knew jenny like in real life and the ones who knew her as like saint jenny of the fucking internet uh, which was like like we used to joke about it like but i got booted out of my house and i begged jenny for a place to stay and i had never met her before i only knew her on rc and she was like you can sleep on my couch for a few weeks <laughs> and i'm like okay awesome and like she had had some complicated relationships with some kids before who had taken advantage jenny was a sweetheart but you know the joke was jenny get off the cross someone else needs the wood um and i walked into that house and it was the most depressing and glorious thing at the same time um jenny lived with her sister who was alcoholic so there was Jenny's sister there, and she was a, an absolute mess. There was Gary, who was uh, Jenny's best friend for years, and Gary passed away um, a number of years later. And then there was uh, another trans woman up there, who I'm not going to mention her name, um, who had one of the room. And me, I slept on the couch. <laughs> and gary just looked at me and just glowered at me like like absolutely was like jesus christ she's taking another fucking stray. you know i i think i was the kid that was in that house and out of that house the quickest because i found a job and like i saved up all my pennies and i got myself an apartment and i was out of there and then in that made like jenny was very happy about that But she was also kind of like, oh, you're not going to be around. And I would go over every weekend because I'm dating myself here. Star Trek Next Generation was on. uh, And and that was like, that was church. That was church. And, And, you know, like Jenny was overweight, like morbidly obese. And, you know, I'm not saying anything that wasn't, you know, but she had her. Uh, reclining chair Uh, and her computer right there and uh, sunday was jenny in that chair watching television and you could get takeaway but you shut the hell up you watch it you watch star trek it it was star trek's on (laughs) just zip it zip it zip it zip it um so you know that was kind of the pattern and every christmas gary would do up the house in what i used to term early drag queen um like after gary died i have stepped on so many goddamn straight pins and found globs of um uh fucking glue gun just stuck to the walls. I mean, it looked glorious, but it wasn't meant to be up for years. And when Gary died, Jenny just kind of said, I'm not doing anything decorating to the house. It's staying as is. Um, and that was that, that way for a very long time.
0: So can you talk about some of the kids that Jenny helped and how she would help them?
1: Um, so there were, God, I hate talking about this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Um, Not a lot of resources back then. There just wasn't. So she would point people to resources. Um, You know, she never, she never helped like underage people get hormones or anything like that because, you know, she, she was very aware of, you know the climate that we lived in. That if she did that, she'd be in so much fucking trouble. But she would point to support groups and resources and try to hook people up in other areas. Um, she was basically a trans youth concierge, um, where you know, it was the, oh, I know someone in Denver here. Go talk to this person. I know someone in the Bay Area here. Go talk to this person. And she was always there to be that ear to listen. Um, you know, she had no formal therapy training. And it was, there were people who needed a lot of ear from her. So she she would sit there and listen to kids crying on the phone. And eventually what you started seeing was parents, parents trans kids going to Jenny um you know there were a few uh who like i met who show up at the house and it was just like you know help me with my kid i don't know what to do here you know and it's not like people think that oh it's like 2000s where there's a lot of information now there was like nothing nothing unless you hung out at the gay bars or were really tied into the internet back in the 90s you were kind of just lost so jenny kind of smoothed that path out and she would collect doctors names and things like that and get on the mailing list and go all right who's here i got a kid that needs help you know and jesus she sent so much money to kids so much money like oh my god i i I can't get a job and i'm starving (laughs) and it's like let me buy you a pizza um you know so like that's a lot of what she did it's like being it was being a mom to people who in a lot of cases were rejected by their families and didn't have parents she was far from perfect like like there there's this this concept that she was like perfect at this and like a lot of this was you know she just could not do things for herself absolutely positively could not do things for herself like like that's why her alcoholic sister lived there like you need to kick her out jenny you need to kick her out jenny it took her seven years to kick her out like like and just um, I remember I got Jenny fired. <laughs> did, did I ever tell you this Marina? No, nope, not at all. <laughs> I got Jenny fired. Um, no, it's the best thing that, that I probably ever gave her. So Jenny worked at a florist. She arranged flowers. Jenny was very technically competent. And I'm like, look, you know, Linux, you know, windows. There's no reason you can't get like a tech support job. Like you're making minimum wage for 40 hours a week, you can go and make like twice, three times that. She's like, All right, I'll go on a job interview. And she went on a job interview, and she didn't like that's the only job she works. She didn't have references, but she didn't know enough to give the to tell them, Oh, don't call my current employer. Well, they called her current employer, the Florist. And the fucking forest fired her <laughs> because she was looking for a job, and she was like, she came home, and she's like, I just got fired. <laughs> and I'm just like, what happened? She told me, and I'm like, oh shit, I got you fired. And like, I guess a day later, she got hired by the other job, and like, and and like, she um, like like the, for years, she she worked. Uh, I think it was two jobs um it was she she worked in a data center um you know she did network operations stuff um and you know she made a whole hell of a lot more th- more money than she did at the forest and I'm glad i got her fired but she was furious i got her fired <laughs> she's like you got me fired and it's like No, you got yourself fired. You didn't, you don't put, but she hadn't looked for a job in like 15 years. She had worked at that forest for 15 years. So, you know, she didn't have anything background wise. So, yeah.
0: I understand she became a very uh, good system admin as time went on. Can you talk about that a little bit? She she became a what I'm sorry a very her. good uh, system administrator as time went on.
1: I mean, yeah, I I tried not to talk work with her because right? I just I just like no, that's my mom. I don't want to talk work with my mom. I mean, I I do stuff similar to that, and I just you know, um, she worked nights a lot. I know that, and you know, it was a, um, she you know moved up through the ranks and you know she was good at her job apparently but it was like you know when i would go over to my mom's house i don't want to talk to her about computer shit (laughs) i'm just like nah nah." and she didn't want to talk computer shit with me either it it was like yeah no, so a lot of times it was you know talking about how this kid is doing how that kid is doing you know like i I met Jenny at this point going on 28 years ago, almost 30 years ago. And, you know, like like the majority of her relationship was not (laughs) work-based. It was, you know, it it was, oh, how's this person who I haven't seen in two decades? Oh, how's this person who I haven't seen in two decades? Um, And, you know, she used to, um, she didn't get around a lot um that was kind of the thing with jenny is because of her health issues um not only didn't she get around a lot she also kind of um like a lot of trans folks had a fear of doctors very bad fear of doctors so you know it was she used to go to the drag shows up at the cartwheel in uh, new hope pennsylvania uh, and i been i went to one with her because i can convince her to get her out of the house getting her out of the house was a miracle to get her out of the house and i think i me and like a few other people were the only people who could get her out of the house um i remember after 9-11 we went to the afghani restaurant in uh philadelphia because like all the racism after 9-11 like the poor afghani restaurant was like no one was there and i'm just like all right you're going to get afghani food and and look jenny <laughs> jenny was jenny was working class kid afghani food what the fuck is afghani food and and just like come on we're gonna go find out <laughs> um you know and what, like after gary died uh we would do uh um basically chinese food in a movie on christmas like that was kind of our thing We do with Jewish Christmas and go get Chinese food, go, go watch a movie. So like getting her out of the house and moving to go somewhere was, you know, it was a challenge. Um, she always wanted to travel. She never really got to do that. And yeah, I mean, that was one, the, the way the healthcare system treated her was one of the limiting factors in her life. Um, in part because, you know, um when she transitioned like me and her discussed this she was like oh yeah the the amount of what what they put me on was like what you take in a month she was taking in a week and you know it was Uh, you remember the doctors that we used to go to in the real sketch part of town when you call them up they say if you're coming looking for narcotics we no longer can prescribe narcotics those kind of doctors (laughs) that was the doctor that Jenny sent me to and went to that's the doctor she transitioned with and he had no fucking clue what he was doing he's just like here take that and, you know, so like that, I think, caused her health problems because, you know, there was no knowledge about w- what estrogen amount she should be on or anything like that. And it took her a while to find a doctor that actually treated her with like a modicum of respect and then you know she had had such a poor history of dealing with doctors that the weight gain just made it even harder for her um it took me a good five years and other people i'm sure of convincing her Oh yeah shot a hormone and maybe some B vitamins too yeah 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 b twelve yeah, I remember that the little red glob, yeah yeah, yeah yeah, 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 I think you and I probably went to that same fucking doctor uh, the South Philly one, um, but you know uh it it was she ended up uh going and getting her uh stomach banded and stuff, and she lost some weight, but you know it was after that it was just so traumatic for her she didn't want to do anything she she just did not want to
0: deal with the world and she kind of uh retreated from it what kind of a legacy does she have uh is there a remaining community um do you know about the people that are left uh, from her um yeah you know the joke
1: what do you call a group of trans women an argument <laughs> uh, like a lot of the kids lately like, like, like you know it there are a few folks that i'm still friends with you know um the vast majority of them because i was so much like, like i was one of the first ones and she did this for a good 20 years right i didn't know any of the new ones because after i had kind of got my thing figured out and you know this is what I'm going to do I I didn't really need that support it was kind of a mutual support group and you know I I just didn't want to I didn't need to deal with it I didn't want to deal with it and you know I think that Jenny if, if there's one thing I can say legacy wise that she kicked off it was a lot of trans kids feeling safe to come out i think she 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 in a lot of ways changed culture because there were like a lot of those folks who who um you know the jazz jennings of the world and shit like that you know we stand on the shoulders of imperfect giants right and i think that she made it so that a lot of folks could come out younger and because of that there's a knock-on effect that, right you know so that i think is her true legacy right you know people that there's going to be some old internet trans who remember her name and most people aren't and that's okay that's okay because you know i can sit there and look at the culture now and i'm like yeah my mom changed that my mom literally single-handedly in a lot of ways changed that you know and it, it's funny because if you talk to trans women of a certain age they all know about aunt jenny all of us know about aunt jenny it's like yeah nah, 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 aunt jenny yep yeah, yeah 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 you know and it, it's Yeah, yeah, I think that's her legacy. Her legacy is she changed the culture. You know, she made it okay to be a trans kid and come out and not have to sit there and wait to run away from home at 18. You know, to be able, and for parents to say, okay, my kid's trans, What what do I do about it? Instead of my kid's trans, let's punish them for it. You know, um, one of the things that um, and you and I are both old enough to remember this is remember how, you know, our standard of care. And I use that quote uh, very loosely under each big deal was it was you transition, you talk to no one, you don't hang around other trans people. You basically just disappear and go into the woodwork and you know, over the past couple of decades, I've thought about that a lot. That's by design. That is that is by design and it's purposeful. So we don't create communities so that generational continuity is not there. Now we've already, already had a problem with generational continuity because of the AIDS epidemic and then we have the generational continuity issue with oh if you're trans especially if you're trans woman you go stealth you don't never talk about it to anyone you you, and jenny did that jenny did that for a while you know and even to this day i don't think work knew pretty sure work didn't know um you know because she was of that era um but one of the things about uh, um, um, I, uh, I'm i gonna, I'm gonna nerd out here a little bit. Like if you've ever read any RD Lang, one of the things about abusive families and abusive power structures is we're not going to discuss the rules and you're not allowed to discuss the rules and that these rules are not up for discussion. And if you look at how the medical community and psychiatric community have gotten away with abusing trans people for so fucking long part of the way is is through that standard of care where oh you need to be this perfect little whatever and not talk to any other trans people and not certainly don't trade notes and you know that's all the horrible marks of an abusive relationship and jenny challenged that and made it so that we could trade notes and once we could trade notes, then it was like, oh, there are other people who feel like me. There are other people who feel like me at a young age. There are ways that I can transition or at least prepare to transition before I'm 18. There, are, there is a path forward. There's a life for me after this. So Jenny giving us that hope hope thus give the next generation hope that it's going to get on and on and on and on and on. And yeah, when we're gone, no one's going to remember our name. That's okay. Right? We stand on the shoulders of imperfect nameless giants.
0: Can you talk a little bit about how Jenny dealt with trouble? I remember the one time that trouble did come to her door for taking for just talking to this uh, trans kid. Is that something you can talk about? I don't remember that. Like, I remember I wasn't
1: living there at the time. Was this the FBI thing? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep, exactly. I heard about that, but she would not tell me about that. She, she was like, she knew that like, like, I'm protective of my family. And she knew that If I found out about that, I would go scorched earth on some motherfuckers um, and just like, like go, all right, I'm getting you a lawyer. We're going to fucking say, but she didn't tell me the details. So I would love to hear the details of this.
0: I mean, I don't know that much about it. When, when that, the woman who was whistleblowing on the um, Philly police, was going to court I me and her stayed at Jenny's house and she told me a bit about it and she said basically uh I just talked to the kid I didn't even recommend doctors or anything like that I just listened to the kid so my understanding is eventually the FBI agent went went away because there wasn't any case but that's as much as I know about it Um, so
1: yeah that my understanding is she was talking to some kid um the kid was trans and i guess the parents checked the computer or something and when oh my god my kid's talking to a trans lady and I knew that there was FBI contact. I didn't know it was on the literal front porch, like like that, like like that's news to me. She kept that from me. Uh, Jenny was very good at um, 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 compartmentalizing. (laughs) Um, You know, so um, yeah, she did not tell me that. She knew better than to tell me that (laughs) because I would have, lip the fuck out i would have been like they did what and and you closed the door on their face right you said i don't want to talk to you i have no intention on talking to you not without my attorney present right uh no she didn't she 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 said i'd been contacted by the fbi and i'm just like all right but yeah now um you know most of that was an that was an extraordinarily rare moment of trouble. Most of her trouble were people who were stuck in really bad circular patterns. The, oh my god, I'm so depressed. Oh my god, I need to transition. Oh my god, I can't transition. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And some of them for years. Um, and uh, um some of them who honestly how do i, I i'm gonna to try to put this as gently as possible um jenny couldn't have helped because the type of help that jenny could offer um was what was keeping them in place you know, uh, I, I, Jenny and I are, are uh, do the whole uh, elder translating thing very differently. <laughs> um, Jenny, Jen, Jenny is all carrot and loves and hugs, and I'm all life's tough all around, buttercup. <laughs> go, go sort your shit out. You know, you know, and I tell people, you know, if you come to me for therapy, it's like going to Donald Trump for dance lessons. You're gonna get them. You're not gonna especially like it. Um. So you know, um, a lot of a lot of Jenny's trouble children, as I like like to call them, were trouble children just because they needed something and it was they needed permission they needed permission you know that was where most of her trouble came from and a lot of her trouble came from the number of people who ended up killing themselves um i know that of the folks i kind of transitioned around melody julie chrissy Christine, Aaron, Pam. There are two of them left in that group. Melody died. uh, Heart disease or something like that. Chrissy killed herself. Julie killed herself. Aaron killed herself. And those are the ones I transitioned around that Jenny knew. The ones who transitioned that jenny didn't know or that i didn't know oh yeah i know i i remember those people but what is that from
0: ah uh, yeah i'm holding yeah. up a uh a, a linux penguin that was sent to me by one of the people who suicides uh partner
1: Yeah, yeah so i think that really affect jenny in that you know and, and here's the thing like, like Of all those people, I think Jenny made their lives better. And the fucked up world we lived in just made it so much worse that any work that Jenny did just got canceled out. It got canceled out. Um, And I think that affected Jenny. In a lot of ways, I, I know it affects it affects me even to this day. I think that especially with Jenny, because she came up through the plague. A lot of her friends died, and then you know it's it's very similar to some of the things that I've been going through as I hit my fifth fucking decade. Um, where okay, I have hope for the next generation. And now the next generation is dying. So what's the fucking point, right? And I think she kind of was going through a lot of that, you know, to the point where she sold the house in Philly and moved out into the country with her mom, you know, and she kind of dropped a little bit off the face of the earth. Like I would call her and my sister Jules would call her. And as a matter of fact, I, I would always remind Jules of what her birthday was because Jules has a horrible memory and be like, hey shitty daughter go call up ma i'm the good kid jesus christ how'd i end up being the good kid you're the you're the one with the 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 you know fancy fancy doctor career and shit like that And i called Jules up and i'm like come on shitty kid shitty daughter go call up ma um but yeah like like you know i i don't know how much contact with you had had her with her in the la- last years of her life but you know, she had basically withdrawn. And in a lot of ways, it was good for her because she got to do she got to live out in the country with her mom, you know. And I had to deal with the insanity of living in fucking North Philly. Thanksgiving. I just remembered a story.
0: Were you there for this Thanksgiving one year? I don't think I was. I, I think I was only at her place for one Thanksgiving, uh, like in must have been 90, 94. That may have been the Thanksgiving. So
1: now this would have been after Gary died. This would have been after Gary died. No, it was when Gary was still alive. It may have been 94. It may have been 94. So Thanksgiving, it was, I was there, Gary was there, there were a bunch of others there. Um, and the house is boiling it is absolutely boiling because i've been cooking all day me and gary have been cooking all day and the living room is packed full of trans ladies and we're getting food ready it was no it was christmas it was christmas it was christmas and they know it was christmas because the neighborhood kids the little miscreants were out like playing with their christmas toys and their new shit and all the doors of the house were open even in the middle of winter because it was so fucking hot in there and there's this drag queen in philadelphia who passed recently actually a couple of years ago donna And you would see her in the neighborhood every fucking weekend. She had like a path she would take. She'd go to the 12th Era Command. Jesus, I'm dating myself here. The 12th Era Command. And then I forget the name of the little bar that I used to go to to drink. And then she would end up at Woody's. And, you know, Donna was lovely. But we had a rule in Jenny's house. The rule in jenny's house is we live in a rough neighborhood don't fucking draw attention we'd like to have not not have the house uh burnt down <laughs> donna didn't get that message <laughs> donna did not if she got that message she didn't give a shit <laughs> and jenny's house was kind of like this shotgun style house where if i'm standing in the back up by the kitchen i could look through the dining room into the living room right to the front door and i hear the neighborhood kids just explode in laughter just absolutely explode in laughter and hooting and hollering and i'm like what the fuck is going on and i look through the house from the kitchen and i see this massive mass of coca-cola red bright hair popping up steps (laughs) and it's fucking donna in full fucking drag and i shout get her the fuck in here (laughs) Oh yes, Donna decided that she was going to come visit Jenny in full fucking drag. <laughs> and all of and Jenny was like Jesus Christ, John, Donna, you're going to get me killed. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was Christmas at Jenny's house. <laughs>
0: Yeah, my memory of going going to Jenny's was uh, her sitting in her comfy chair with those uh those bright red sticky um Chinese ribs that she loved so much. And she'd oh, always God. she'd always share them with me.
1: <laughs> oh, I remember those fucking things. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. that, that that was um after gary died a lot of takeout got happened because gary used to cook for her um you know and that was yeah that was that was um yeah jenny kind of shut down after gary
0: passed after gary passed jenny shut down can you talk a little bit about who gary was i mean i hung out with him a couple times but you lived there for a while
1: so gary was gary's one of like a handful of people i know like i think i know six people who detransitioned and gary was the only one i knew who detransitioned because he was just like yeah not right for me (laughs) um gary was this old 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 queen from back in the day he used to go by willow he used to do drag events um and um after willow detransitioned and went back to being gary um gary had some alcohol problems and jenny helped gary get over those and you know gary was i loved gary gary however (laughs) however asterisk asterisk gary was the polar opposite of jenny he was love and care and Gary had a tongue that could strip the bark off an oak tree like I have heard things out of that man's mouth and I'm from Jersey for fuck's sake that make me go oh for fuck he didn't just say that did he yeah no he said that he said that No, no 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 Gary had you know the toolbox that we all have and some of those tools aren't particularly nice tools. Gary had a lot of not very nice tools in that toolbox. But Gary was Jenny's best friend. And um you know it was uh, oh I got in so much trouble once from Gary because Gary had two boyfriends and neither boyfriend knew about each other. But both boyfriends have the same fucking name. <laughs> I didn't know that they were two different boyfriends. And then Jenny said, oh yeah, no, there's two boyfriends. And I'm like, oh, okay. I assume that they knew about each other. I get a phone, the the phone rings, I pick it up and I'm like, it's Gary, Gary there. Oh, it's blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I go, oh, which one? <laughs> okay. i I got read the riot act for that um and gary started feeling unwell and we took him to the hospital and um his liver was failing and his he went down real quick it was real quick it was like within a week um and i was there when he died and it was horrible and jenny was fucked up um and after that i moved back in with jenny because i'm just like she needs someone someone needs to be there for her um and you know the funny fucking thing was like gary whenever the boyfriends would show up to pick we never met any of the boyfriends they'd drive up in a car gary would Put his he, he'd walk from his bedroom upstairs wearing this long trench coat and walk right on and out and we'd see him like two hours later and we were, had to clean up a lot of Gary's shit after he died because like he didn't really talk to his parents and you know the the mother was like did, did he have any jewelry and it's like no Gary had nothing when he died um but the one thing he had that I thought was fucking hysterical was he had a pair of jeans and they were the same stonewashed fucking denim jeans that he would wear on every fucking date, but the crotch was cut out, which is why he wore the trench coat out of the fucking house. And like me and Jenny are like, oh my god, oh, 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 don't don't want to think about this. <laughs> don't want to think about this um and and, you know the funny thing is gary and jenny were so intertwined that when jenny died her mom sent me a box of her belongings and in it was a um one of gary's gowns that jenny had kept and now i'm not going to be wearing one of those gowns that's of Ireland <laughs> I have no reason to. <laughs> um, not my size, not my style. So you know the funny thing is is that um there's a drag queen in uh Ireland called Panty Bliss. Um worry account. And I I actually knew them and uh I sent them a message and I'm like, all right. I have an old drag gown from the nineties. <laughs> From the states, from an old friend of mine who passed away. Do you know a a baby drag queen that would want this? (laughs) And so that that gown has made it from uh, Philadelphia. 20 some odd years later to Ireland and is now in the hands of some baby drag queen Um, because Jenny's mom was like I think this is Jenny's and I'm like how do you think that's Jenny's (laughs) Jenny did not a uh it's too small for Jenny b uh I have never seen Jenny wear this uh or anything like this
0: so yeah can you talk a little bit about the environment that she was operating in? You've you've talked a little bit about it. What I remember about Jersey in the 80s and 90s was being afraid of the Atlantic City skins catching me yeah. out somewhere and killing me. People in my neighborhood made it a sport of chasing me when I was in a car. Can you talk a little bit about the environment? Me-
1: you know uh, I'm a kid from like just outside nork <laughs> so um, environment wise like it's fucking tacony palmyra it's it's a shit neighborhood right, although now apparently it's getting gentrified, which fucks my head up <laughs> um but you know it was uh, it's funny i could tell the kids who didn't grow up in rough neighborhoods when they come to jenny's house because they're terrified of it (laughs) versus the kids that grew up in rough neighborhoods where like i used to take the bus every fucking day to go to work from jenny's house i would go out to uh tarsdale app i'd hop the bus i take it down to uh the l in the real shitty part of Allegheny hop the L there and go to work and you know whatever yeah were there people who who harassed people yeah there's people who harassed people everywhere in Center City Um, you know I don't think like neighborhood wise it really changed anything I think the big problems that we had is Jesus I forget her name um trans woman in jersey who ended up shooting two cops um this happened right around the time um basically and i don't know the details of this um some neighborhood kid decided to go tell the cops that like yeah she yelled at him or something i don't know the exact details and you know trans folks are scared cops right and we have a really good reason for it. Um, I've been harassed by Philly cops. Philly cops were some of the worst that I've ever encountered. And this made us all more scared of cops. Um, like if you were a trans woman on the stroll, um, which was, what was that? 12th and Samson? 12th and Samson. Um, you know, when Mad showed up, you fucking booked it. You liked it you liked it because you did not want to be taken for a nickel ride by a Philly fucking cop because they crippled people that way. A nickel ride for people who are listening is when they uh, take you, they stick you in the back of the wagon with your hands cut behind your back. um, And then they uh, accelerate to 55 miles an hour and then slam on the brakes. So that throws you into the back of the van and then throws you into the front of the van and they've crippled people doing. that. I was a lawsuit a bunch of years ago um philly cops were some of the worst i dealt with and you know you always tried to i was less scared of the people in my neighborhood and the people in the neighborhoods between me and work than i was the fucking philly cops and i think from jenny's perspective that was fairly straight fairly the same like i mean she's a fat working class that, working class trans girl right like what are people going to do laugh at her more i i mean, it, she, it, so she didn't really care at, at some level some level you just had to fucking develop that shell but the cops the cops were were a thing the cops were a thing i remember um after rnc 2000 um, i had done some jail support I was doing jail support for a bunch of the people who had uh, gotten picked up by the, uh, at the puppet warehouse. Um, So for folks who don't know, Philadelphia cops led by John Timoney, who's a bastard, um, decided that they were going to just preemptively arrest people. And they preemptively arrested, I forget the number, I think it was 250 people, and held them in jail at uh, the prison up in North Philly. Um, for no reason whatsoever they trumped up a bunch of charges and then they ended up having to let everyone go but they had to let everyone go after RNC so what I was doing was I was going to work out in Malvern which is like an hour drive, 90 minute drive, I was coming into Center City after work, going to the Quaker Meeting House, catching about two hours of sleep there, driving supplies up to the campsite up by the prison waiting for people who because what they like doing is they like letting people out at 2 a.m in the middle of fucking nowhere um and then if they let people out drive them back so i would go up there park the car catch some z's in a 10 and then if people needed to drive into town i'd drive them into town and then at like 7 a.m in the morning i would drive back home where a philadelphia police officer was waiting in front of the house every morning every morning i would go into the house i'd catch about two hours of sleep i'd drive back out cops still there cop would follow me out to to route one and right to the city the, the city limits just waiting for me to do something now I drove an old Volkswagen that didn't go very fast, so and was in relatively decent nick, so he never caught me doing anything. But it was an intimidation tactic. Um, and you know, after um, you know, there was a club I worked at that got raided by the police and the police made a bunch of homophobic and transphobic shit and at that point i'm just like yeah maybe philadelphia is not for me anymore <laughs> because you know you you
0: you get on the bad side of the philly pd uh bad things tend to happen to you back in the day i was on that list they used to i w- in west philly there was a particular cop that would follow me and all my friends yeah. around and give us tickets for nothing just a little story and I'll let you get back to what you were saying at Occupy Laura had to pull me away from Timony just before they raided Occupy DC Timony was down there with advising them what to do and I was I was uh filming him with a cell phone and he was making all sorts of dire threats at me and I was just backing up and Laura came and grabbed me to keep me from getting Killed by him and his goons. Is that
1: prick is that prick
0: dead? I I think he's dead. He's dead. He fucking Fuck died yeah. of he fucking died of cancer. He was the cop who was in he- ahead of the Bahrain police when they were murdering uh, protesters during the Arab Spring. I mean, may he rot. <laughs> well, it, you know the fucked up
1: thing is that uh, like kettling, kettling was basically invented by Timmy, as far as I'm concerned. And you know he came like he's an Irish lad. He came back to Ireland to go teach the fucking angarda shiakana how to fucking kettle people. So like you know it, guards are kind of a little bit of pricks because of him. You know um, it's almost unheard of back in the day for guards to use pepper spray. You know, our, our cops aren't generally armed. Um, they they have a truncheon and a and fucking pepper spray. And now they're a little bit more liberal with using it after Timoney, because he's a fucking piece of shit prick uh,
0: and may rot in fucking hell. So, um, anything more to say about about Aunt Jenny? I mean, I mean.
1: Like, like I, I always joke about this She loved me more than all you bitches <laughs> but, um, You know It was when she passed It, it fucked me up um, You know um, I didn't find out she passed For two days because I didn't have my mobile On you know um, And then when I found out I was just you know, you know I'm still A wreck about it Um You know, she was, I, the only person I've called mom in the past 30 years was that woman. Um, And as far as I'm concerned, you know, she is my mom. Um, She raised me more than my biological mom did. So, you know, um, I can see far because I stood on her shoulders, you know, and I think a lot of people can see a lot farther than we would have been able to. Cause there were very few people doing that work. I mean, Rusty was doing that work. Jenny
0: was doing that work.
1: That's pretty much it.
0: I remember her saying that, you know, she dealt with the internet kids and Rusty and, and the yeah. folks around her would dealt with the street kids. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, now she got me who's like half street kid, half internet kid. I'm a street kid
0: that got a computer. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a we've got a street kid and living in the little cabin up the hill right now. She she wanted me to drive her somewhere she could camp. And it's like she wanted to camp in a local near a local city. And we drove around looking for safe places for for to camp. And it's like I I, ra- I I'm a ham radio person, so I radioed ahead yeah. to Laura. Mind if I just bring her here. I can't <laughs> find a place to camp. And she's been a she's been a good uh landmates
1: yeah there were a lot of kids that weren't good landmates for jenny but you know kids are kids right
0: <laughs> yeah so it's, it's 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 been, been painful <laughs> painful some of the uh mm-hmm. folks we've taken care of i mean serious pain in the ass oh yeah the the rule of the farm is don't bring trouble to the farm there's just that's nope. the only fucking rule it's and some of them couldn't even follow that one.
1: <laughs> I, 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 I had rules for my house uh, back when I lived in the city and I was dealing with like a lot of squatter kids. Um, my rule is 11 p.m. You don't knock on the door. You're out by 11. Anytime before then, you can come on in. Rule number one. Rule number two, what gets said on the red couch stays on the red couch. We don't repeat it to anyone. We don't, you know, I will sit there and listen to you. If it is the only time I will ever repeat something is if I think that you're a danger to yourself or to others. And rule number three, don't bring heat to my fucking house. If you bring heat to my house, I don't know you. You will never be allowed back in. Um, And it's because, you know, you have to protect your community and um another uh trans woman that I knew and had a interesting relationship with Mira Bellwether passed recently um Mira and I were friends for many years um on and off um you know I'm a difficult person Mira was a difficult person you know it's, it's what do you call a group trans woman argument um but Mira told me this thing and I don't know if she made it up or someone made it up and it's some people are just pizza eaters and that if you have a table with six trans women at it and you put a pizza down you're all going to go away filled and there are some people that are just so hungry that they're going to eat the entire pizza by themselves and still be hungry and so six people go hungry. And what do you do in that situation? Right. And I don't know the answer to it. I don't know the answer to it, but I do know that when that one person who's going to eat all the pizza brings, you know, trouble to my house, they're not coming back to my house anymore, <laughs> you know, because I have to protect the other five people at the table.
0: Well, thank you very much, Alish, for joining us and telling us the story of, And Jenny, this was VMN volume three, episode 11. VMN was formerly known as Vermont Movement News and can be found on podcast apps as Vermont Movement News.